Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, it's Marnie and welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. We are in for a treat this afternoon. We're going to have a lot of fun with our guest today, Joyce Thrasher. We're doing an interesting topic. It's called Inside Secrets, Things You'd Never Guess About Being a Pastor's Wife. And our guest today, Joyce Thrasher, is indeed the author of a book called Crazy Pastor's Wife, and that's her website also. During the next hour, you're going to discover a fact that may shock you, especially considering the visibility of a pastor's wife position, how assumptions can lead to disappointment with a pastor's wife or even for her, and what you can do to help that. Um, The unique perspectives of pastor's wives, the hidden hurt all pastor's wives experience, the number one frustration they experience with their role and how you can help support her. The one thing a pastor's wife can do that will make everything else more enjoyable, how unrealistic expectations of perfection hurt otherwise beautiful families. And the one part of life that pastors and their wives refuse to share with their conversation. Joyce Thrasher is a writer and a speaker who's served 13 years as a pastor's wife. She's taught women's studies and shared incredible ministries, including one to women working at local strip clubs. Joyce Thrasher is here with us right now. Welcome to you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, and I'm really excited to have you. And this is such a great topic because um, most of our listeners are uh, members of churches in some way uh, related to churches. Lots of them are pastor's wives. All of us know a pastor's wife. And it is kind of a unique position, a unique role. I think it's probably one of the only roles in the country where the person is always introduced as someone's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, that is the truth. There's an pastor's wife. That's why I always try to be good, but I'm not. Joyce, you you have this website, crazypastorswife.com. So uh, who labeled you crazy? Was that you or was that somebody else? I did because um, actually after being a pastor's wife for, I think it was eight years, um, yeah, I was pretty much crazy. I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> they drove me crazy. I love them, but they drove me crazy. There's a lot. <laughs> so, yes, but it's all good. Yeah, I'm good. So, I, I'm, I'm, now I'm writing a book about it, and then I'm writing another book, and it's going to be um, Crazy Pastor's Wife, and it's going to be um, everything in there that I haven't been able to tell because my husband retired. So now I can really tell all the real stories. <laughs> So people in congregations just know that you are you are being observed, whether you know it or not. That's so funny. You know, because we always think, I guess, Joyce, I always think that the pastor and the wife are the ones on the uh, display, you know. But you're mm-hmm. kind of turning the tables a little bit here and helping the congregation to see how they look to the pastor's wife. <laughs> so I think yes. that's great. Well, let's go ahead and dive in here. So you wanted to share with us a fact that might shock us. And it has to do with, you know, I mean, here this gal is so, um, she, the, the pastor's wife is in this position where everybody knows her, knows of her. She's, you know, in the limelight, you know, not quite as much as the pastor, but she's there a lot too. So what is the shocker? Um, the shockers of, well, um, a lot of people don't realize this, but pastor's wives are really lonely. 
Um, they think that they have so many friends because at church everyone wants to talk to them, and you know, and so they they, um, they assume that we that we're very popular, but really we're not. Um, <laughs> so um, we don't get invited to things because people would always think that you know that I'm invited by other people or I'm too busy and I have too many friends. And a lot of times, I mean, I would just be home with nothing to do. Well, that's not really nothing to do because, you know, there's always laundry and dishes and writing and taking care of my husband and, of course, the kids. Thank God they've moved out. So now I have an empty nest. They won't listen to this. Don't worry. <laughs> they never do. So we have three boys, and um, so so now we are empty nesters, and it has been great. We have loved it. So, um, But anyway, um, yes, we're, we are very lonely, and um, it's hard for me to get close to women because, I mean, let's be honest, you can't always trust women. You know what I mean? I mean, you never know. And I've been burned a lot where I get close to somebody and I share things, and the next thing you know, they're sharing it with the church. And um, it's really hard. I try to find friends that don't go to the church to um, to get close to because then, you know, I don't have that going on. And also, if you're friends with people at the church, then a lot of people think you're in a clique. You know, it's always the clique. So um, it, it, it's really lonely because you have to be very careful not to hurt people. And you, if you don't invite somebody to something, they get hurt. It's just, it's, it's very, it's, um, it's hard for pastor's wives. And I've talked to a lot of pastor's wives who go through this. Hmm. As a friend of a pastor's wife, is there anything, like, because, because a lot, I know, I know this is true, not just of you. A lot of pastor's wives really have been burned in the past. And so someone in her church who wants to be a good friend, who really has a good heart and wants to uh, be a confident and a friend and they have a connection that, you know, seems good. Is there anything that you could do? Like, is there anything that someone could do to get close to you in your church? Yes. If they would, um, they would listen and understand and not judge because a lot of times, um, they expect you to be perfect, so you might say something that maybe is a little inappropriate, or you laugh at something, or you know, um, and then they they're, they're disappointed in you, and because they kind of have you on a pedestal, which I mean, I've fallen off. I don't even have a pedestal, so it might be a footstool, but it's very difficult the person that they think you should be. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, like you can't mess Absolutely. up, and if you mess sure. up, then they they judge you and they look at you like, oh, I can't believe you said that, and then. So the best thing to do is just be real. I mean, I'm very real, and um, I brought that into the ministry, and it it has it has its pros and its cons. Being you know the real pastor's wife, not um not fake, and just sitting on the front row and playing the piano or whatever. So I, I think that the best thing women could do is be real. Well, it sounds to me it sounds to me it sounds to me like it's the same as you would want to do with any friendship, except you might just have to be a little more patient with a pastor's wife because of her history and her position. You may have to invest longer um, listening, understanding, not judging, being real before she would really be able to fully trust and, you know, for good reasons, you know, and it's not, it's, it's not because of the person trying to befriend and it's not because of her. It's just because of the position that gets in the way. That's really interesting. Uh, Are there some assumptions that can really lead to disappointment? Oh, yes. Um, assumptions from the church, yes. Um, when we first took over this church, there were 30 people, and um, <laughs> it was a small Baptist church. My husband had just retired from the Army, and uh, I, they asked, do you play the piano or sing? No, I don't. I don't play the piano, sing, or work in the nursery. 
Um, not that I don't love children, but uh, my, that's not my my um, gift, <laughs> children. And so a lot of times they assume that, that all pastor's wives sing and play the piano and that all pastor's wives dress a certain way and all pastor's wives, you know, do, do certain things. And we don't. We're all different, you know. But some pastor's wives try to fit into that mold of being perfect and being what the congregation wants them to be. But um, and then another thing is is that um, they they want you to be. I sound really negative. I mean, I loved it. I loved being a pastor's wife, you know. But I found a lot of humor in it through the you know through it for the 13 years that I was. But um, they they think that you should be at everything, and then if you're not at something, then they get their feelings hurt, or you know they talk about you. And it's like I could not be at everything. I mean, we had stuff going on all the time at the church, and um, you know. They just assume that you can, that you want, well, not that I don't want to do everything, but I shouldn't say that, but do you, do you know what I mean? I can't be at everything, yeah. do everything. I have a family of my own. And um, right. they assume that, you know, that you can, you're the best casserole maker in the world. And I can't even stand potlucks. I mean, I do not even eat at potlucks. I eat before the potluck. Because I had a friend, a pastor's wife told me when I first became a pastor's wife, she said, never eat at the potluck. She said, because you never know what their kitchen looks like, which sometimes we do because we visit them at their house. <laughs> but she said, never eat because you'll get sick. Well, I did that a few years ago. I, I, and the whole time I was eating, I thought I shouldn't be doing this. I was sick for three days, could not even lift my head off the pillow. So never eat at potluck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wouldn't. But anyway, the assumption is that you know that we want to have potlucks, we want to cook, and then when we did have potlucks, I would bring like a bag of chips. I never cooked, so there you go. I can't. I just, I yeah, I don't have time. So that is um, so that's funny. Really the same I have to tell you, Joyce, that that's really funny because if all of us had that practice, not eating at potlucks, there would be no potlucks. Exactly, that's my point. I don't want a potluck. <laughs> That's hilarious. I can't even count how many potlucks I've eaten now without getting sick, but I'm not you and you're not me. And that is the point. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. And um, but it's been fun. I mean, I, we have enjoyed our time, but we are enjoying our time being retired too. He retired in May and um, because he had a heart condition. So the doctor kind of made him retire. He said, if you don't retire, then, you know, then you're not going to live mm. another year. So, um, but we uh, we have enjoyed it, and we've traveled a lot. But um, we're together a lot because, as a pastor right. and pastor's wife, he was working seventy hours a week, and I hardly saw him. So we went from seventy hours a week to every day we're together. Every day. Yeah, which is so, a really big we, change, right? Yes, yes. In fact, my son just totaled his second car he's 19 he's fine but he totaled the car and um, my husband said I'll just give him my truck because you and I are always together so we don't even need a second car I'm like oh yeah (laughs) thank god I have some friends that can pick me up so if I ever get antsy but I mean I love him to death but it's just a whole different thing of you know we're together all the time every day 24 7 so just what do you actually you know, I can hear just this short bit of this conversation already that you are a say it like it is person. And as a pastor's wife, I know that one of the assumptions is that everything will be kind of sugar coated and really prim and proper. 
And what do you what do you do with someone who just they're looking at you and their eyes are getting bigger and their mouth is dropping open because you're very funny. You're very funny and fun and you just you know, you're just out there. So what what do you do? How do you respond? Um, well, that happens a lot to me. <laughs> they just stare at me. Um, I just, you know, I, I just go with the flow. I don't worry about it, you know. I think, well, if that's what, you know, I do shock people. And I don't mean to. It's just I, I, I agree with you. They think that a pastor's wife can be prim and proper and, you know, sugarcoat everything. And, and I don't. But, you know, I had three boys, okay. So you know how that is. I mean. It's not easy to be prim and proper all the time when you have three boys <laughs> running around right. the house. And um, but yeah, I I just um, I'll be honest with you, I just didn't care. I know it sounds awful, but I just had to be myself. And when my husband, um, when we got married, I told him that if we were going to do ministry, we were going to be real. And he was very real when he preached, and. I was very real because I think people need to see that because I think so many pastors' wives, and not that I'm, I'm being rude about them, but they, they do. I mean, they're fake, and they because that's how they feel like they have to be. You know, they have to be mm-hmm. prim and proper, and they have to do this, and they're not themselves, and they're not doing a, a good service to them or the people. You know, it's just this, you know, fake thing, and I just think that right. people need to realize that everybody is – real and has their own issues you know you can't hide everything and act like everything's great when it's not right well and i had uh, a couple years ago i had the authors on the show of uh, the book called in our shoes uh pastors for pastors wives and one of them was talking about how you know she you know you really all of us try to be uh, christ-like and you know i mean that's that's what we're doing we're just living jesus all the time and one of them had said that she had you know her neighbor behind her had fi- had come to church after knowing them for a while. They had come to church and then accepted Christ. And she had asked her neighbor one time, you know, what was it that really attracted you to our church? And she said, she said, well, actually it was you. Cause you'd go out in the back porch and you'd yell at your kids. <laughs> and she said, that made me feel like I might have a chance at going to your church. You know, and I think that there's this misconception on the part of the congregation, but also on the part of a lot of pastors' wives, that if they really are themselves, that something very bad will happen. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and I've had a lot of people tell me that too. That um that that if I can be a pastor's wife, then they can come to my church. <laughs> so I guess it's a compliment. But um you know I just feel like. Like, like, there's so many people watching you all the time, like at the grocery store. I mean, anywhere you go, I mean, you're like under a microscope. One of my yeah. friends always said the two hardest jobs in the country are the president's wife and a pastor's wife. She always says <laughs> that. And, uh, and it makes sense because, you know, they're yeah. always watching, you know, and if you wear something that, you know, then they're going to talk about it or if you do something or you, you know, say something, whatever. There's always, yeah. they're, they're watching you. Close. That's a really that's actually that's actually a really great analogy to bring in like the president's wife because when I think of when I think of that I think of you know what is the news about it's about what she says but mostly about what she wears and how she behaves you know I mean very little about what she yeah. says it's a lot of pressure <laughs> okay well this is this is Marty Swedberg we're visiting today with our guest Joyce. Thrasher of crazypastorswife.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the unique perspectives of a pastor's wife, as well as some hidden hurts that they all experience. We'll be right back. 
Christian Women's Event. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and you're joining us at Marnie's Friends for this edition, Inside Secrets, Things You'd Never Guess About Being a Pastor's Wife. And our guest today is Joyce Thrasher of CrazyPastorsWife.com. Joyce, let's go ahead and talk. I'm kind of looking forward to this part. <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> the unique perspectives of a pastor's wife, because I have a feeling that that you're going to share some things that I probably haven't thought of before. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of things. Um, yes, there, there's a lot of funny things that we see, and um, I'll just give you an example. Okay, so at church, I always sit on the front row, and women, you know, they, they go forward to pray. And um, we have something at our church called, well, Operation Thong, Okay, because, you know, all those girls are wearing those really low jeans and showing their thongs. Okay. Do you know okay. what I'm talking about? Yep. <laughs> hey, this, this is true. Okay. So, well, they would go up to pray and, yeah, their pants would go down and their thong would show. So I called it Operation Thong, and I had a woman on each side of the altar, and I was in the middle, and I would look at them and kind of like, you know, go over there. So what they would do is they would go over the woman and pray. Okay, so like you know, to cover her up. Okay, because we don't have sheets um, or anything to cover Aww. her up. So, so, so they would they, they would cover that because Aww. you know a lot of women. I guess they didn't know, but then you know when you're sitting in the front row and like the whole section over there can see that, you know, then right. yeah, you kind of have to cover that up. So that's Joyce, the, I just one I just have to tell you, I just have to tell you that that is so awesome. That's really gracious, and of course, I did not ever think of. That. I mean, just that you that you would care about her, that you would care about the others that it would be distracting for. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and and that did happen quite often. Um, thank God, I think the pants lines are going up, so that's good. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and then um, oh, there's so many. My husband, when he first got to the church, um, there was a lot of older people, and they had a flower room with flowers, and I'm not kidding you, from the 1960s, okay? They were all dusty. Well, um, there, there was a flower committee, I guess, and so one lady put the flowers on the um, altar, and there was another lady who did not like them, and so during the song, the first song, the other lady went back to the flower room, picked up the flowers she liked, moved the other lady's flowers, and put hers there. Well, then the other lady got upset, and she oh, went back goodness. and did the same thing, and this is during the songs. It was the craziest oh thing. And everyone's laughing. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't even believe this. Um, and so we don't have flowers on the stage anymore, thank God. We we built a new building and so we don't 
do all that. But I threw away a lot of the flowers. I'm going to say that now. Nobody knew that at the time because everyone asked where the flowers went. I threw them all away. Where did the flowers go? Yeah, where did the flowers go? That's amazing. So, you know, you hear hear stories like this, um, but you usually don't know if they're real or, you know, who told it or whatever. (laughs) So that's amazing. You know, and that's really, I mean, that can happen on a much lesser scale than right in front of everybody during song service, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. Believe me. Like, somebody will put something up, and the next time you come, you know, yes. Oh, yeah, that happens all the time with pictures on the wall and everything else. And then um, the other thing is is that um, with hospital visits, those are always fun. When we go and there's a woman, my husband always knocks on the door, and then he listens, and he makes me go in first. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but when we go in, a lot of times um, – they want to show you the incision. I mean, no matter where it is, you're like, no, that's okay. It's okay, really. They want to show it to you, but they're on drugs and stuff, so I don't blame them. You know, but it's, <laughs> that that's always interesting. And so my husband oh is like, great. And uh, it gives us something to talk about on the way home. And um, one time there was a lady in the hospital, and she had a tube in her back. And, um, of course, she's wearing one of those gowns, okay? And so there was nothing back there at all. And she said to my husband, I was standing there, and she said, could you check and see if that tube is right back there? <laughs> and uh, my husband looked at me, and he's like, help me out. So I looked at him, and he was, it was his lucky day because I helped him out. And I went back there. I said, yeah, it's fine. But um, he would not have wanted to see that. It was a mess back there. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he could have done But, you know, people, they don't think. And so you go to the hospital, and there are, you never know what's going to happen at the hospital. So, so, those are always fun. I, I mean, the the thing that's coming, you said it so perfectly, people just don't think. I think that that's really the whole thing. If you, so what, have you come up with like a phrase to describe how people do think about a pastor or a pastor's wife? Because that's like, um, that's like either that would be your closest friend or the nurse or, your, you know, uh, um. How do you how do you think of it? Hmm, like a phrase of what we do. <laughs> oh, yeah, like I mean, because they aren't obviously thinking of you as um. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I I don't I, I don't really know what we would um. I, I mean, we, we have seen so much. I don't know what the phrase would be. My husband could probably come up with one. He's listening right now. He's probably thinking of it right now. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. Things you don't want to see in the hospital. <laughs> right, you right. Can't unsee. That's what we always say. Things that you can't unsee. Like when you unsee. see it, you can't unsee. You can't unsee it. So. Yeah, well, that's really, that's really interesting. Because I, I know that, you know, our pastor, too, and I, the gal that went with, uh, one of the pastors that went with to Africa, you know, she's there in the delivery room with a lot of women. Uh, you know, th- that's just one of her ministries. She loves that. And that's one of the things she's been there for most of the babies in their church. And it's like, wow, are you kidding me? Because I would never expect a pastor's wife to do that. Um, yet there are these um, assumptions or expectations. And then there's in the moment where you have this awkward situation uh, where you're supposed to, you know, do something correctly. <laughs> yes. So yes. help us, help us out. You know, is there a way to help us to be more sensitive to what you're experiencing? Yeah. Yeah. Don't show us any, any scars or any incisions. <laughs> <laughs> the you know, body how parts. How about you keep your clothes on? 
You don't need the in the bat. Don't ask us to look. <laughs> you can you can pray without the visual. That's what I'm hearing. We can pray for you without the visual. <laughs> yes, and you know, yeah, oh and we goodness. have we have been in so many. And one of the funny things is, um, I don't know how to say this. I guess breast augmentation, but a lot of women have that, and it's funny mm-hmm. that we have been out and prayed over so many women that have that before yeah. and um, it's just like you know things like that that it's just funny yeah. that you get yourself into and you're thinking and a lot of times my husband won't know and we'll be on the way he's like well what did she have and I'll tell him he's like really really Joyce <laughs> like she's still yeah. gonna go under and have surgery you need to pray for her <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that's always wow so what is a what is a hospital experience that you had that you feel free to share that was really powerful Oh, well, there was one time we went up to see um, this older couple. He was a World War II um, veteran, and um, they they were just amazing, well, just amazing people of faith. And we went up there, and she um, she was just, she she just prayed, and she was happy. And when he um, passed, he um, could see, you know, like, he he could see something. Do you know what I mean? Like he knew something right. was in the room, and I believe that mm-hmm. it was the angels coming to get him. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. and then there's one more experience that was amazing, is um we had a man who was who was dying, and um his daughter was coming from California, and he had not seen his daughter in ten years, and yeah. as he was dying, um he she was flying in, and they didn't think that she, that he would make it. She made it. She showed up, and in his deathbed in the living room, he shared Christ with her, and she she was saved. Right. There. Oh wow! Wow. You know, and and then right after that, he passed. Wow. I mean, right after. And so it's just like God wow. had a reason for that, and for her to come all the way from California, and it was just, it was a God thing, and that was just amazing to me. So right. there's a lot of stories that that God just worked miracles like that. So yeah. Yeah. And I know right here during this program, we're not going to talk about all those, but I did want to bring some perspective to it because it's not all embarrassing and, and, you know, off the wall, but those times happen too. And it's healthy for us to recognize that this is all part of the day in the life of a pastor's life. Exactly. You never know. You never know. That's right. That's right. right. Oh yes. my goodness! And that's the beauty of it. It's always interesting. <laughs> you you mentioned that there's a hidden hurt that all or most pastors' wives experience. What is that? Um, it is the I I, I well I resent the time that he's not with me because he's doing something for the church or with people. Not all the time, but like. I've had to go on vacation alone before because he had a funeral to do, but you can't complain about that, okay, because then people don't understand and they think, well, that's cold. He had a funeral to do. You know what I mean? Because they they don't understand that we, you know, that it's our family and it's a really hard situation because you can't talk about things like that. Does that make sense? Right. It does make perfect sense because it, it is one thing to sacrifice, if you're going to use that word. It is one thing to sacrifice for the sake of ministry or for the sake of each other. It's a whole other thing to sacrifice and to not have people recognize that you are in any way, you know, that just, that's just part of the job and you should just, you know, not have feelings about it because of course you're going to have feelings about it. Exactly. Yes. And, and it's yeah. hard because you can't say anything because then you look really bad. 
So you just have to, you know. And then um, and then there's things um, you know, he's had to leave to do funerals for birds, dead birds. Um, yes, somebody's bird died, and he had to go do the funeral. Um, <laughs> that was interesting. I wasn't there. I didn't go, but I guess they had a little box and buried it and everything. And then um. There was an older lady in our church. I mean, God bless her. I mean, you know, it's not that she knew any better, okay? So I'm not, you know, being rude. It's just funny. I mean, you have to find humor. And um, she called Donnie because her toilet was overflowing, okay? So Donnie left the house with a plunger and went over there, and he fixed it. You know, he plunged it. Now, he's not real good at fixing things, but he can plunge a toilet, okay? But, you know, if there was anything else, he would have had to call somebody else. But she, um, you know, she, she was... She didn't know, but it's just things like that that people don't think about, you know. They just, that that you have to give your husband up for. Um, and they don't think that we have a life. They think we just sit around and wait for the phone to ring, you know, and that he can fix anything. That's one of my craziest things. They think he's perfect and he can fix anything. <laughs> like, as long as, as long as Pastor Donnie shows up and prays over, it's going to be perfect. I'm like, okay, listen, he's a man. I live with him. He's not perfect, you know. I mean, I don't care what they think. I can't say that because they all love him so much, you know. But it is true. He is a man, and he's not perfect. I love you, Donnie. He's listening. <laughs> he's totally listening. <laughs> we love you, Donnie, too. Um, so what's interesting about this, though, is that it kind of reminds me. So uh, a few years ago, my husband's father died of dementia. And mm-hmm. I was watching this process go on, and his mother during the three years before he died was not allowed really to grieve because he wasn't dead, but he was really gone. And so Mm -hmm. she had to live out loud as if she was so happy he was there and everything. Well, at least he's here and, you know, all these things, but she actually was grieving his death in that process uh, because Mm -hmm. he was actually mentally gone. And this is kind of the position you're in, not to that degree, but still at the same time, you have grief and you have sadness that comes into your life, but you're not supposed to show it. You're supposed to be the pastor's wife and be the stoic and be really um, the one who just agrees that, yes, of course, when Pastor Don mm-hmm. shows up, everything's great. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, really? how it's supposed to be. Oh, that's so I don't interesting. Know how that yeah, it, it is. It's very hard because, and plus you can't share things like that because then, like I said, people think you're cold or they think, you know, I can't believe you said right. that. So I right. mean, those are the things that I, I, I don't share, which I'm sharing now, but he's retired. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, not, not that I'm talking about one person, but you know what I'm saying. Right. It's just, um, sure, for sure. It, it, I, I think I know a lot of pastors' wives that want to share this and they can't, you know, right. they can't share that. Right. So I think people right. need to know that, 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 Pastors' wives give up so much of their life for the church. I mean, and, and and I think people need to appreciate it more. But I know how it is when people get into problems, just like me and you. The problem in our life is huge. Do you know what I mean? And that's the only thing you're thinking well, about. Right. You're not thinking about other people or, you know, it's all about you, which I understand that. So it's not that I'm, you know, I, I they don't they don't understand. So I understand. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> We understand that they don't understand. That's why we're doing this show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back and talk about the number one frustration with a pastor's wife's role and how you can support her, and one thing a pastor's wife can do that will make things better for her and for everyone around her. We'll be right back. Are you 
an author or do you know someone who would like to see their book published as soon as possible? Join us at Marnie.com for author training. You will learn how to write it well, get great graphics, attract an agent, format it for e-readers, get good reviews, connect with libraries, and market via media. All over at the author training at Marnie.com. Check it out today. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're going to go right ahead here with our today, Joyce Thrasher of CrazyPastorsWife.com. Joyce, let's talk about a frustration that most pastors' wives have with their role and how we as congregation members and just friends can help. Um, well, one of the things is to keep us informed. Okay, so if somebody is having surgery, tell us. Don't just post it on your Facebook, and if we don't see it, then get upset we didn't show up. You know what I mean? Like the best thing is just to tell us what's going on. And um, so that, that, that's that been very um, – that, that's one of the most frustrating things. My husband does not do Facebook. I do Facebook, but it's not that I'm scrolling through everybody's, you know, pages. Right. And uh, we have had people – quite a few people get upset about that, thinking that they assume that we should have seen that. So, you know, just tell us. Just tell us what's going on. You know, I mean, send an email. Hmm. And one of the best things to do is send emails. Don't tell us on Sunday morning, okay? That's number one. Because Sunday morning, we're going to forget it. Unless you write it down and put it in our pocket, which we might even forget that because we have so much going on, you need to email us. Because, I mean, we have a 1,000-plus people that we're talking to and dealing with. You know what I mean? And if you have five people tell you about an operation, you're not going to remember that on Monday. So that, that's one of the big things. Okay, so when we started, you said your church had 30 when you got there, and now it has 1,000? Well, we when when we um when we retired, I think we had over twenty four hundred members. Oh so my goodness! We have a mm-hmm, we have a lot of military, and so they leave, you know, and go to another post. Wow! And then they come back, and so um, we've had so many people return, which is such a blessing because military, I'm telling you, we let them jump right in, and they're talented and they're committed, and uh, mm. we we have a lot of of young military families and. And retired military, a lot of retired, because my husband's retired military, so they can relate to them, and the younger soldiers mm. can relate to them. And, uh, yes, we, we love the military. So Wow. But we have, yeah, so it grew a lot, um, and we had to build a new building, and that was fun, but I stayed out of it. Um, I just let these <laughs> ladies decorate it. I'm not kidding. I let there them you go. I'm like, hey, I'm not involved. So any complaints, they came to me. I said, hey, I didn't do it. I didn't tell them who. I just said I didn't do it. It <laughs> so, wasn't me. That, was, wasn't me. That, that is the best advice I can give any pastor's wife. If you're in a building program, don't pick the carpet out. It. Don't pick the color walls. Let it, somebody else do it. <laughs> Let them take the fall. Um, but I think you know that's that, the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that that's just kind of a good piece of advice anyway, unless you really need to have an opinion about something, uh, you know, just – don't go running in front of the firing squad. Just stay out of the way. Exactly. Smile. And one of my friends from Mississippi, um, <laughs> Sally, I can say her name. She's my best friend, and she does a lot of stuff with me. Um, she taught me, this is from Mississippi, how to play dumb. So you do this look <laughs> like you don't know what they're talking about, okay? And, <laughs> and, then, and then, then, you know, you don't have to answer any questions because they think, oh, she's just, you know, she's just dumb. She's just not right. <laughs> She's just a pastor's wife after all. Yeah. She doesn't know. And I just sit there oh and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's 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 great. That was one of my favorite things to do. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
I think what what would really help help pastors' wives is if women would step up and say, hey, I'll handle the ladies' night out this month. You don't have to do anything. How about you don't even come and you go out with your husband? You know? Mm-hmm. How about, you know, I handle this situation over here with T-shirts or whatever, you know? Or how about I collect the money or make the tickets or, you know what I'm saying? Just don't don't leave it all on me to do, but ask you know, mm-hmm. just help the pastor's wife. I think that that would be, and don't complain. Don't complain to the pastor's wife <laughs> because she can't do anything about it. Oh my goodness. Okay, so you know what? Uh, you you've given us some good food for thought here. But what was the number one frustration? Because these are all. I mean, just having people complain about everything you do, or you know, whatever. What's the number one thing? Like narrow it down. Um, the ne- well, I mean, really, we go back to the other is time time with my husband I mean just last night we were talking actually about the vacation where I took the kids to the cabin on their own and he had the funeral and I said you know baby do you think if we had it to do over again that we would do it that way and he said you know probably not but at the time you know we weren't thinking and so he would work 70 80 hours a week I would work too you know I mean I was right with him you know I was doing whatever I had to do and, and, and that, that's the hard thing is I think at times our kids were neglected because we both were so involved in the church. I mean, I mean, you know, we both had to be at something or, you know, we had to be at a meeting or we had to, you know, go visit somebody for a funeral or wedding or whatever. And I think a lot of times our kids were put on the back burner. And, um, but they're, mm. they're pretty strong kids. So they, um, they're, they're yeah. self-sufficient. So I think that that helped them. <laughs> that's all I can. You know, I mean, you well, know, it's the positive. So. Right. And God knew who he was giving him to when he gave him to you. I, I've often said that with us, too, because we have a couple of businesses in ministry. And, you know, so it's it's a lot of that. And God knew their temperament and he knew who they were coming. He, he, he wasn't surprised that we were their parents. Amazing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're right. So. You know, I, I just like to, I, and I would always, I would always ask, you know, God every day in the morning, I'd always just say, just teach them what they need to know for life. And sometimes mm-hmm. that was learning how to do it without mom or dad next to them. And sometimes that exactly. was having us there. So I think that's cool. So what's something that a pastor's wife can do that will just make everything else more enjoyable? Just have humor. Just laugh at things because, I mean, you cannot take it too seriously because if you do, you'll go crazy. Um, I had one breakdown the whole time, and um, I literally walked out of the church during the third service. My husband had no idea I'd left, and when I wasn't on the front row, he sent one of my friends to find me. But I ended up at my friend's house on her floor crying, and um, that was Sally again. And um, I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I thought, I just can't do this. I mean, everybody expects so much of me. And that was probably in the first three years. No, five years. And I finally lost it. But um, but I'm good now. I got a medicine, and I <laughs> – everything's great. I, no, I, you know, I just had to deal with things in a different way and not take things so personal. And I think that that's one of the things that pastor's wives do is they take it – I mean, I know I did if someone says something like about anything in the church, you take it very personal, you know, if it's the music or, you know, your husband or, I mean, anything, you just take it personal and you don't need to do that. You know, this God's church, it's not ours. And, you know, you can only do the best you can. You can only do what God's called you to do. And Hmm. that's it. Did you have a a practice that like a best practice for people who would consistently Maybe just dump garbage on you, not physical garbage, um, but just words. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I would just listen, you know, but then a lot of times um, I would, I had some friends around where I could give them a look and they knew that I needed to get out of that situation. So they would come up and say, hey, I need you over here. I know that sounds bad, but I mean, I had to do it because otherwise you could get stuck all day, you know, and, um, and, and I really didn't want to hear all the gossip or the, you know, I just, and um, so that, I usually try to get away or I'd say, oh, I have to go. My husband needs me or, you know what I'm saying? I just had to get away from the situation because yeah, there, there's a lot of people that like to uh, dump things on you and talk about other people and that you can't have that. You can't sit, you know, as a pastor's wife, you can't. Mm-mm. You know, what's interesting is that I'm hearing you say everything that you're saying is stuff that happens to all of us all the time. The difference is that your position locks you in to making different choices. So for example, um, I don't let people gossip to me either. I mean, I just mm-hmm. don't. If somebody starts saying something about somebody who's not present, I just jump in and say, would you say that if they were here? I mean, because right. that's kind of my rule. I just don't talk about people mm-hmm. unless, unless I'd say it if they were here. But as a pastor's right. wife, I, it, it is different. It, you can't just shut people down because they're, mm-hmm. you're the one that they talk to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, 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 you know, it's always a prayer request. And I'm like, that's not a prayer request. It's driving me mm. crazy. I got a prayer request about someone. So, no, no, you don't. <laughs> that's not a prayer request. Right, um, right. But, but that, yeah. that is really hard because, you know, you yeah. can't – if you're rude to people, then they'll go, yeah. It's, it's and not rude. That's not rude. But, yeah, you're right. That's who they come to talk to. Well, I just think I do, I do, I do, sense, I do sense the complexity of setting boundaries. It's just more difficult for you to set the boundaries because even like in that situation where you were saying somebody's going on and on, I mean, like at our, our businesses, we just have the same exact setup, except we just, you know, we can, we can do it. We just, you know, when we see somebody down a row with somebody and it's more than three minutes, we just page them away. You know, so it's right. the same, it's the same exact thing. It's just that again, um, from the person who's talking to you from their perspective, it is neither gossip nor is it out of line. That's exactly what they're supposed to be doing right there. They're supposed to be talking with you, sharing it with you and, and, you know, going on. And so, yeah, it's just, it just makes it, I can really see how that would be very difficult to mm-hmm. do. Okay. So when is the right time to laugh and when is the wrong time to laugh? <laughs> well, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that at all because I'm really bad. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, I laugh at the most inappropriate times, and so does my brother, the one that helped me with the book. He he did all the cartoons. He drew all the cartoons, and um, it's just I tried so hard. I told my husband, I said, why do I do that? I mean, I, I it's a nervous laugh. I think I think I just have you know a nervous laugh. So yes. I, I'm not good at that, so I wouldn't know that answer. <laughs> yes, I do it. And I try so hard not to. I'm like, don't do not laugh. So, I mean, I've gotten better, mm. but, yeah, I, 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 mm. I, you know, I don't know. It's a nervous laugh, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, so for someone who's not used to finding the humor in things, someone who it doesn't come naturally, and someone who is really taking everything way too seriously, and after a service where people have misbehaved or whatever, um, they just go home and are just distraught. What's the first mm-hmm. thing they can start to do? Well, I think that they need to pray for um, 
they need to pray for patients and they need to they, they need to realize this is a big thing is it's not our church it is god's church okay mm-hmm. and so god is ultimately in charge so pray and ask him to take care of the situation but um you're right there's so many sensitive people and it's just so hard because like they they'll they'll be crying all the time when someone says something and i just i feel so bad for them because you can't take it that way so I guess the thing would be not to take it personal, but a lot of people do, so that's their personality. Um, I, I, I guess I, I don't know how to – I would say pray, pray about it, and pray for right. God to show you how to handle it. Right. Well, and I'm going to go back to an analogy from my life. When we first bought our restaurant, it was the first time that I had managed a team in customer service like that. I managed sales teams before, but not like this, like not like on the front line with the customer having your product right there and not being happy. And whenever we would get a complaint, literally the three of us would walk in the back room and cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was at mm-hmm. a restaurant. But you know what? It, now I had a mom, I had a mom of a young gal who just started with us and she's working at our other, uh, our, our espresso cafe. And uh, she cried in, in the coffee shop. And her mom said, I wish she wouldn't take things so seriously. And I said, you know what? I'm so glad she does. And she'll learn how to handle those emotions and she'll learn that it's okay. Life's going to go on, but I would really mm-hmm. rather have somebody who cares than somebody who mm-hmm. just doesn't care. And so to those of you who are listening and you really feel all of these complaints and all of these pressures, uh, that's a beautiful thing. It's wonderful that you care, but uh, you know, my verse today is cast all your burdens on Christ for he cares for you. His, his yoke is easy. And if it's, if it's feeling too hard for too long, you do need to release that to Jesus and not mm-hmm. carry it around yourself. He really didn't build your shoulders that broad. <laughs> so you need no. to give it, you know, go, like you say, get, get alone with prayer, get with somebody who can help you and really start learning how to release some of this to Jesus. Well, yeah. And that's what happened to me when I had my breakdown is I wasn't releasing it and I took everything personal, you know, and that's exactly sure, what happened. Absolutely. And I had to learn after that, that, I had to deal with it in a different way because it wasn't healthy for me or my husband or my family because I was always obsessing about, oh, so-and-so's mad or, you know, they're upset about this or, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and I can't right. do that. That wasn't my place. But, yeah, you right. have to learn otherwise. It's, yeah, it's not good. Mm. I agree. Well, well, this is Marnie Sweberg. Our guest today is Joyce Thrasher of crazypastorswife.com. You want to check out that website. We're going to take a little break and come back and talk about how unrealistic expectation of perfection hurt otherwise beautiful families. And the one part of a pastor's family that they're not going to share with the congregation. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're visiting today with Joyce Thrasher on the topic, Inside Secrets, Things you Never Guessed About Being a Pastor's Wife. Joyce, let's go ahead and talk about uh, that expectation of perfection. And I hope, I hope that we've come a long way on this, but the fact that you included it in your talk points make me think maybe we haven't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I would say that 
with my family, um, my poor boys, I mean, we live in a small town, not real small, but small enough, you know, where people would always, be, they, they would watch them too. And I've gotten texts with pictures of my son driving too close to people. Um, I have gotten phone calls. Well, every time we left my husband and I on a trip, my boys decided to have a party. Well, they're not real smart, you know, and so they would have, like, all the cars out front. Well, hello. I mean, people are going to tell me. One time we were on a cruise in the Bahamas, and we got a phone call that there was a big party at our house. And I don't know how they found us on the cruise, but they did. And uh, there's nothing we can do, you know. I mean, they're boys. They're 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 normal. You know what I mean? Like, it's not mm-hmm. okay with me, but you can't expect them to be perfect boys, you know, that are always, you know, being good because they're not. Um, but, yeah, they uh, – one time my son um, showed up with a – this is when we first started um, with a hickey on his neck. I know this is bad, but, you know. And um, I found this old lady who had pancake makeup, and I had her put it on his neck to cover it up. <laughs> and I'm not going to say what boy it is, but he knows. He won't listen anyway. But anyway, um, and, I, and so we had to sit in the front row. Well, he showed up for the traditional service, which we used to have two contemporary and a traditional. We ended up with three contemporary. And he sat in the front row, and I was so angry. And my husband's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing, nothing, because I didn't want him to see it. And then finally I said, he has a hickey on his neck. <laughs> so my husband had to go preach. He's like, what? <laughs> and I was so worried everyone saw it because, you know, I didn't want mm. him to think that he wasn't perfect. But they're not perfect, those kids. Um, but, yeah, lots of um, things that my kids have done that um, that people would talk about. You know, like they're awful, but yet their kids were doing the same or worse. But I never told them that, but I did know. And so that made me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's, it, it's really hard because, you know, our family is not perfect. And like the lady who yelled at her kids, I mean, I did that. I did that a lot, you know. Um, they needed it. So, but um, my boys played soccer and there was a lot of things that they did that, you know, they shouldn't have. Do you feel like there's um, a perspective, just just a simple perspective that people could have about a pastor's family that would help? That they're, that they're normal. I mean, they're just like every other family. You know, it's not like like their husband's perfect and, you know, their kids are perfect and the wife is perfect. And I think that that's what a lot of people think, especially with my husband, because he is a really great guy. I'm just going to tell you, like everybody loves Donnie. Remember that show? Everybody loves Raymond. I always think everybody <laughs> loves Donnie. That's what I always say. And so like so many people just think, oh, you know, there's Donnie. But, um, you know, I think what they need to know is that, is that we're not perfect, you know, and don't expect us to be and don't judge us, you know, just, we're just normal, but, mm-hmm. I mean, we try to do the right thing all the time, but, you know, sure, of we're sinners. Yeah. We're sinners like everybody else. <laughs> right. So we're not perfect. Yeah. And how about your kids? Was Speaking to another pastor's wife right now, is there some advice that you could give to her um, help, to help your kids with this unrealistic expectation? Yeah, I mean, they, they just need to be kids, you know, and, and if people um, try to um, – judge them you know they just need to like like you said they need to just blow it off you know what I mean they can't sit there and and dwell on it you know that they have to be perfect and I think a lot of times pastor's kids are under a lot of pressure that they have to be perfect and so it's almost like being a pastor's wife personal if someone says something or you know they they need to just be kids really and they need to try to be normal (laughs) so I mean 
with me being their mother, that really didn't work out. But, you know, they uh, <laughs> they tried. <laughs> they probably need lots of therapy, but, you know, hey. <laughs> well, you know what, and, and okay, I'm going to take this just a step farther, too, because as you said that, I was realizing, right, and the same things that you or other pastors' wives grieve about, like that the parents can't be with them because they're at the hospital or whatever, the kids really can't be all that either. Like if they start saying, you know, I, I really wish my parents would spend more time with us. Like tonight we were hoping they'd be here. Well, yeah, but somebody's dying, you know, and uh, I'm sure that every emotion that they have that they would verbalize or you have that you would verbalize like that is minimized because people really don't appreciate how often this is happening to your family. Exactly. And that's my thing is some people go to a funeral maybe once a year, you know, where sometimes in one month we could have six funerals. You know what I mean? Right. And so, right. and it's not, and, and, and they don't understand that. And it's not that I'm being cold or they're being cold, but it's almost, I think, like a doctor, like where it's like, well, somebody died. It's, I mean, I don't know how to say it without, it's not. Right. That I'm being, exactly. Okay. Well, I think what you're trying to do is you're, what I think that we're hopefully accomplishing here is kind of expressing some of the awkwardness of this because a pastor's mm-hmm. family is really in a position that people usually don't put themselves in those shoes. They, they, mm-hmm. it, we can't really, for one, for one thing, we have no idea. But the other thing is, even if we try, um, we could get closer, but I don't think most people even try. <laughs> no, no, they don't. <laughs> they just <Yeah>. expect. <laughs> I remember one time there was some trauma in our church and um, I said something about um, uh, the way that the pastor's wife had responded. And the lady I was talking to said, Marnie, she's just a lady. She's just like us. Of course, she's going to have an opinion. And I was like, oh, right. But you know what? That thought really hadn't occurred to me until that moment that somebody actually said it to me to help me see, oh, right. right she's just a person. She's not like. She's not trying to be the voice of God for the entire church. She's just a human. <laughs> right. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's this extreme it's, pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I wish that people would just do that. And that would take so much pressure off the pastor's wives. I mean, I have met so many pastor's wives that get burned out and their husbands. And a lot of times it's because the wives get burned out. And so, you know, they're, right. they're, they can't right. help their husbands. And I believe that uh, that the pastor's wife and the pastor should—they're both called, okay. And yeah, I believe yeah. that she is anointed under her husband, and that that they should do it together. And my husband and I were a team with everything. I mean, with the, you know decisions or you know a lot. And I mean, we even we even did we, we preached on Sunday morning like three or four times, which was fun. It was you know we kind of went back and forth, you know, and um that that was nice. But um I I don't know. I just I just think that that's how. They should be as a team. And a lot of pastors' wives say, well, I wasn't hired. He was. Well, I worked full-time at the church and didn't get paid. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of times they'll say, well, right. I, you know, I, I don't get paid. Well, no, you don't. But someday in heaven you will. You know what I mean? It's not about that. It's not about money. And that's what I think a lot of women. And then the women in the congregation who work, it's, oh, this is one of my pet peeves. They would say, well, you don't work. Why don't you do it? <laughs> I'm like, what? I just painted the whole sanctuary. What do you mean I don't work? You know, I'm the one that went shopping for the food pantry. You know, I mean, but they don't see that. They think that I just stay at home, I guess, and do my nails. In fact, I had one lady tell me that. She said, you know, I never knew that you did all that. I thought you just stayed at home and did your nails. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 
I was like, yeah, oh my no. goodness, <laughs> you guys, you guys, we just have to, we just have to step it up a little bit with how we, <laughs> how we treat pastors and pastors' wives, you know, and yes. just recognize, recognize the sacrifices, and if they can't be at your, you know, at your daughter's, you know, baby shower or something, you know, just just recognize that, you know, it's not for lack of love of you. It's just for, it's just for, she can't stretch as far as we're wanting her to stretch. She can't be who we maybe want her to be. Uh, Joyce, in just like, in just like two minutes here, what is the one part of the pastor's family's life that they're not going to share with the conversation or congregation? Um, Sex. The pastor really does have sex. At least my pastor does. My husband. (laughs) My husband pastor (laughs) And, um, and and I think a lot of times, um, like my husband and I, you know, we're very affectionate. Like if we're on the front row, we'll hold hands or whatever. And I think a lot of pastors don't do that. But the congregation needs to see that because they need to do that also. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I uh-huh. think a lot of times they, they feel like they can't, you know, like th- that's not okay. But Donnie and I, we're, we're very you know, open about loving each other. And, you know, I might kiss them even in church, you know, like, you know, just it's we're yeah. very um, affectionate. And I think that's how more pastors should be with their wives. And um, I'm going to post this again, but I wrote a story, The Lucky Man, and it's on one, 179, page 179 in my book. But anyway, I'm going to post it on my blog and, and everyone can read it. It's about um, uh, Brazilian wax. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe people will realize that we are, you know, sexual beings, just like God made us, and it's a gift from God. And a lot of people don't think that, um, but that is, it's a gift, and we need to enjoy it. So. And and when you say that, and when you say that you guys don't share that part of your life with the conversa- congregation, okay, so you are just really vulnerable here with us. So which part, what don't you do with your congregation? Like what? What don't um, I well, share? I mean, well, okay. I can... so you you hold hands. You hold hands, and you know, right. and you're affectionate in front of your congregation. So, but but maybe but maybe I guess I, I have something in my mind, so I'll share it and just say if this is true. So maybe so that you're counseling a couple that's going to be married, and you don't go into detail about your love life just because you're the pastor. No, no, no. I mean, we don't, you know, but we tell them that, you know, one of the biggest things is forgiveness because you will have to forgive a hundred, you know, all the time you're going to have to forgive. And, um, but no, but I, I do tell women, I have taught a Bible study on sex with women. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was really good. But, you know, I told a lot of women, they, they don't feel free to do that as Christian women. You know what I mean? Like they don't realize it's okay. a gift from God and they need to sure. enjoy it. So I have taught that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Very good. Well, this is Marian. This has been such a fast hour. It's flown by. Joyce, thank you for being here. It's been great yeah. to have you. And if people go thank over you. to crazypastorswife.com, they can learn more about you over there. That's your blog. And mm-hmm. um, your book is your book is available over there, as well as at womenspeakers.com. They can find out about your speaking ministry there. And so I just mm-hmm. encourage you guys to do that. Do you have a favorite Bible verse, Joyce? I do. Philippians um, 11.14. I'm really bad at remembering addresses of the Bible. That's what I call them. <laughs> but it's 11.14 um, where, you know, you just keep going. You're never going to be perfect. Um, and um, just run the race until you go to heaven. 
but I don't know it. I'm really bad at memorizing. But do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you know it. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not quite sure. But it's a true principle. It's a great principle. We just keep on running with Jesus until we win the race. That's awesome. Joyce, thanks for being here. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. And- and thank you guys for being here. Always love having you join us live. And for those of you who listen around the internet, thank you. And for those of you who listen to the archives later, welcome to you. Be sure to go check out Joyce's website at crazypastorswife.com. And I'll see you over at marnie.com. Bye-bye.